following program contains explicit language and subject matter and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? That might be a bit better. <laughs> I was about four foot away from the microphone there. Welcome back to Gorilla Radio. This is episode 35. This is the Bringing Sexy Back podcast. And um, I am guess I'm going to kick it off. Obviously, it's talking about sex and sexuality. Uh, but the main reason I did this and the main reason I set this up is because um, of a, a woman that I follow on Instagram who has is the creator of a business called Soul Intimacy. Her name's Alexandra. She's a lovely young lady. She has got a fantastic story to tell. And when I asked if she wanted to engage and talk about her business, Soul Intimacy, and and, um, and she's fired up the website currently. So, again, bugs in the system. I don't know how my phone just seems to do whatever it wants to do but we're going to bypass that in a minute because we're going to call her and uh, have a chat to her but just to give you the heads up this is soul intimacy basically alexandra is a uh, certified sex and intimacy coach trained in clinical sexology she is passionate about empowering couples and individuals to experience their ultimate sexual pleasure and well-being now i think there's something in that for all of us so without further ado Let's get the show started and get her on the phone for a chat. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows So we've got Alex on the phone now. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Now, I want to talk about Soul Intimacy because it's you've launched the website and we're now up and running. But mm. I just wanted to – I did a quick mention about um, that you're a certified sex intimacy coach trained in clinical yep. sexology. Yeah. I guess the, the, the point of what, and how we're going to get this across is what is a sex and intimacy coach and um, – and how did you come into this field? Um, I think it has to do with the way I was brought up in a very healthy home where I remember my dad come home and he was 
squeezing my mom's bum and kissing her passionately. And there was always very, my parents were very affectionate towards each other and it was normal and natural. And as I grew up, I remember I was asking my mom how everything is working down there. And she took me to the kitchen table and she sat down with me and she drew a map of how everything looked and the vagina and the, where the egg comes from and explain about the menstrual cycle. And that was just normal and natural for me. And then I didn't think anymore about that and probably went along with my life for a couple of years. So when uh, the sex education came in school, it was, I was nervous or felt uncomfortable like most kids do. Um, yep. And then I was yeah, very, um, I think I always had an open conversation about it at home and if there was any question, my parents were honest. They didn't give me too much information, but they didn't lie or make it something negative with or create shame or stigma or taboo around it. And I was very tired of school during the last year, maybe when I was 17, 18. And I remember one of the last courses we did, we had to do public speak about something. And we could choose our own topics. So I choose to talk about, speak about human sexuality and sex facts and sex education. And um, how, I, how I was that received this. at school? How was the? Oh, uh, there was very interesting. Like my mentor, my teacher, she was the wife to priest. And I think I always like to create the reaction or. Um, do something extraordinary. And I also remember like talking about this and everyone was sitting with their eyes wide open and listening. And um, I think everyone remembered every single word I said. And people come up to me afterwards and said, you should be a sexologist. You, it's so easy for you to talk about this and you make it fun and it's interesting. And I learn more from you now than what I learned from my whole upbringing or from the sex ed that's been previous in school. So I think that sparked something in me. Yeah. Um, that, oh, I'm very gifted and this is something that comes easy for me to talk about. And then um, by in, back in Sweden where I was born, you either had to be a psychologist or a doctor before you can be a sexologist. Yeah. And yeah. I think for me, it was never an option to study five, six years to become a doctor or psychologist and then you have to get the last year of sex education or the last the masters of human sexuality. So I kind of put the idea of becoming a sexologist behind me and yes, went along with my life. And then it's always been, there's always been a dream of me and being into life coaching in general and holistic wellness and stuff. Um, I think a couple of years ago when I really I was a bit lost, it was like it's time to do something with my life. And that was the only thing I really wanted to be. So I... I reached out to pretty much online, whether Facebook or Instagram or websites, everyone in the whole world, and asked sexologists or sex therapists or how they become um, a sexologist or sex yep. coach. And I founded um, Sex Coach University in America, and they are aligned with everything I stand for. And I applied, I did an interview, and they took me on board. And it's um, it has felt right since the day I started study until the day I got my certification and it's basically everything I stand for using a holistic approach. So when I coach sex and intimacy in a relationship, I use a, um, a holistic approach and see my clients as whole 
and use the model of mind, emotions, body, body image, energy, and spirit. Yeah. Um, okay. So, wow. You really had a plan and, and it was just a matter of somewhere it was going to fit into what where you were yeah, going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think for me as well, like I'm I'm either in or out. I don't do things halfway and things doesn't feel right or it's not aligned with who I am. I can't go ahead with it. So I do things with integrity and I think that's why being a doctor or being a therapist or a psychologist, it wasn't aligned with me. I need more freedom. And as a coach, I have more freedom to play around and to work with my clients because my coaching is very client-focused, goal-orientated, and I look at my clients of where they are, and I take them from where they are today to where they want to be um, and work with them and trying to understand who they are and why they are and behave in the way they do because I'll go back in the past because we are the person we are today from the way we've been brought up or conditioned through social conditioning or um, what coaches and teachers have said, religion, um, upbringing, parents. So we go back in the past and we look at the behavior patterns or what we're thinking and feeling and who whose are those words, the the voices playing in our heads, are they really our thoughts? Are they really our words? Or is it someone else that planted that seed when we were a kid or yes. yep. a teenager? And we we work through to figure out who we are, but I'm not going to stay in the past and process that past trauma or experiences. I rather work with you and focus on the future and how we can take it there and how we can reframe and reprogram and create a positive environment and coaching should be positive. It should be exciting. Uh, it should be create a safe and positive space. So it should be fun and um, it should feel good to be coached. It's something to look forward to. And Yeah, um, yeah. So um, I guess um, yeah. uh, for, for people that, that aren't aware, you're obviously born in Sweden, as we mm. can tell by your beautiful accent. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and and please don't ever ever question it because it is the, the world's made up of, of all different sounds and different and it is it's a wonderful accent. The fact that you're an attractive looking woman obviously is also um, could intimidate men, but that's not your aim. Your aim is to have people be open. Do you oh. find that there's a big difference of how people talk about sex in Sweden versus how people talk about sex in Australia? Um. I would say it's not 12 years ago since I left Sweden, so I can only speak from the picture I had before I left Sweden. And I left when I was 18, so I was quite young. But I would say, yes, there is a difference where if you log in to Internet Online and you open up a newspaper or the biggest news site, you would read about what's going on in the Middle East or what's going on with the fire in Amazon or Trump or whatever, but you would also see maybe the fifth or the sixth article would be about five new positions to try this autumn or six new sex toys to put on the Christmas tree or these five ways to give your wife an orgasm within five minutes. And there is sex ed out there and it's normal and it's natural. And I honestly believe those articles are probably the most read ones online. Yeah. So I think the conversation is more open and it's natural and I'm not sure if that's 
because whatever you do in Sweden is cold, it's dark, <laughs> people don't go outside. Like if you have to <laughs> so for six months of the year, an hour to, for the yeah, six months of the year you're locked away. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's because we don't, it's too cold to do anything else. So we have a lot of sex. No, I don't, I'm joking. But um, I, I believe there is a more open conversation about it, and it's more natural. At the same time, I know the sex education in Sweden is far from good enough, and it's uh, a lot of uh, lackeys in the right education as well, both for um, teenagers and adults. So. Yeah. But yeah. I think we are on the right way, and we might be a little bit ahead, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I think I think with um, there's a few issues, and and, and I'll, I'll sort of raise it along the way. But there's I think with the the, the likes of the internet and, and access to so much information when it comes to sex and sexuality. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's going to lead uh, people down the wrong yeah. path. But at least there's a little bit like. We're not sending kids in their teens out there unknowingly of what goes on. But no. the format in Australia, when I grew up, very much you didn't have uh, the conversation. Well, you're supposed to, I guess, with your parents. Oh. But it didn't take place. I learnt from mates of mine's older brothers and what oh. they were up to and then I became fascinated with it. And um, and that sort of took on my early teens. I was I was involved, but I still right. I still grew up with friends that don't talk about certain things, or they don't. Yeah. And I was seen as oh, I'll talk about anything, and I thought that mm. was normal. And my, and you know, credit to my parents. My parents are both. It sounds horrible saying this now, but my parents are both very sexual people. Mm. So the that was easy for me to have those conversations, but. Mm. When yeah. when you're moving from a very liberal and, and understanding country to uh, – see, I, I don't say that Australia is conservative, but there is a level that we just don't talk about things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the conversation isn't open and we don't talk about yeah. it. And I think it creates a space where we don't learn about boundaries, we don't learn about – healthy sexual encounters and learning to say no and learning to fill into your body and what you really want. Um, for me, it was the education was more for information for my, my safety and I remember I was my first boyfriend for a couple of years and my mom come and told me when you're going to start having sex, you're too young at the moment, but when, come and see me and go and get you the pill that I want you to be pregnant. So after four or five months into the relationship when I was ready to be with my boyfriend and I, I remember going to her and we got the pill and it was just normal and natural and I never become pregnant. Where here, there, people don't have the conversation and especially in America and some countries around the world, like the amount of young teenagers who fall pregnant is skyrocket. Yeah. yeah, it's and crazy. I think it's, yeah, and... I think as well, like, the sex ed in school is so shitty. It's about danger and risk, and we get told that we can call an STI, we can fall pregnant, and it's already there programmed into us that sex is bad and it's negative. But the truth is, most of the time, we are having sex for pleasure and because we want sensation, and it's nice. And I don't even know if most people are told that that's an option. Um, yeah. And I think it's 
the way the sex education is as well. It's, it's poorly done. It's leaving out a lot of things. It's basically, if you're lucky, you get a banana and a condom and you learn how to put on the condom and you learn that the man gets hard and you have intercourse and then he ejaculates and come and sex is over. Yeah, and yeah. Sex is more than five minutes of penetration before decoration arrives. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, it, it leaves out. Like, I don't even know if they mentioned the clitoris or that most women actually need clitoris stimulation to be able to experience an orgasm. And I'm not sure if they even mentioned the difference between the female body and the man body. They do talk about the anatomy, probably, and put it on a few pictures, but... You know how, like, a man can be quite aroused and hard pretty fast? We always use the metaphor that men are like microwaves. You press a button or two, and they, they get hard, while women are more like an oven. They need time to warm up slowly. And Brilliant. Yeah. A, a lot, yeah, and a lot Good of analogy. women need up, yeah, need up to, like, 20 to 40 minutes before they are fully open and ready for sex. And... They don't even talk about the G-spot or um, ejaculation for female, like the squirting or same sex um, is not mentioned or anal yeah. sex or anything else. They're leaving out so much education that's so important. So that's when people turn to porn, we get an unrealistic and unreal view of what sex actually is. Yeah, and that's 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 a really good point that you you raise there because it's sort of, um, it, I think that because porn is so readily available and it is the most searched oh. thing on the internet. Don't be mistaken; oh. everyone talks all bullshit. The most searched thing is porn pornography, um, yeah. and then the guys in Google could even break it down into different types and, and what countries. Um, yeah. But what we've got is we get a level of sex education and then all the blanks that aren't there and oh. and then you've got coming in from the side is peer pressure and you've got other teenagers talking about my girlfriend did this or I saw a guy yeah. do this and, and, and then coming in from the opposite side of the peer pressure is porn. Look at porn and oh. that'll tell you how to act and, and it's... Oh. And and it can right. be it can be a very educational thing, but the majority of it oh. is unrealistic because it doesn't show your preparation. It doesn't show you. Um, it just shows yeah. you, and it's and it really, like even the days of porn movies where they make long term movies, people aren't watching the long term movies. They're watching the short little parts that show you all the action, and then that's it. Yeah, and statistically, like it's you know the, the the idea of making a porn, like what they call a soft core porn, that oh. appeals to women, and women are going, hey, I haven't oh. got time for all that shit either. I need that quick, <laughs> fast hit, and <laughs> I'm done, and I'm fine, and I get on with my day, right? So it's okay. so there's. See, a, I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm not against porn. I think, um, especially with the work I do and working with couples and couples in sexless marriages and uh, relationship, I think there's a time and place for porn and it can definitely spark the libido or um, be used for inspiration or an extra turn on, but it shouldn't be used for education. It shouldn't be used for information. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where it's important to have the conversation with our kids as well, where, you know what, porn's going to be out there and your kid's going to, or your teenager's going to watch porn, either you want it or not, and either they tell you or not. So, maybe have a chat to them and say, this is people who getting paid, this is their job. And yeah, they might have sex for real, but 
they train five, six hours a day, they don't eat, they get clean and shower and this is their full-time job to have an unrealistic body and their yeah. realistic scenarios the situation and inform them about what's going on behind it and say, like, sex or corn leaves out the most amazing things with sex, as you said, like the, the laughing and the water breaks and the eye-gazing and hugging and the whole connecting and everything leading up to sex. But at the same time, we're using it for stimulating the eyes. So it would be pretty boring to watch two people hug for five minutes or two people sitting in eye gaze or yeah. watching a porn movie where they run into the bathroom or having water breaks or whatever they do. So having a conversation and compare it maybe to even like normal movies where a healthy teenager will watch Batman or Harry Potter or any other movie and understand, okay, this is a cool movie. They like the action, they like the fight, but it's not real. Yeah. The same with porn. We can watch porn and think, okay, this is stimulating, this is arousing, but it's not real. Yeah, Most exactly. of the time, it's will not work in that way. So I don't think we should ignore it, but just maybe yeah, not for take a step back purposes. and understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then as well, like... Um, yeah, if the education was better, you know, we could turn to other um, places for education. You can just see porn for what it is and leave it. Leave yeah, it well, there. for instance, you, one of the things that I never see in porn, which always amazes me, is that you never see anyone go and brush their teeth before they start. And, <laughs> and that, that in my world is, that's standard. That's like, you know... If you want to make a good impression, go and brush your teeth. Have fresh breath. It always helps. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things yeah, that I mentioned to you when I, uh, I first contacted you and emailed you was about the big issues. And oh. one of the big issues that you brought up, and I think this is a fantastic oh. thing because this is really defines where I believe, oh. is about yeah. people being obsessed uh, about what everyone else is doing but not necessarily focusing on their own happiness. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where we got stuck. And I think this is where social media and internet have taken over. We, we're living our own lives, looking at everyone else's lives and what everyone else has and going to a place where we start focusing on what we are lacking. And we're looking at everyone else's definition of success and what success looks for them. But we don't even know if it's real or not. And we forget about what actually success means for us and I think this comes back to sex as well we are so obsessed with what everyone else is doing or what we think everyone else is doing or what we think sex should look like or be like and we're focusing on what's normal and we get stuck in our head where sex should really be about being into our body and tune into ourselves and pleasure and sensation um, and uh, yeah getting out of our head and into our body and stop focusing on everyone else. And whatever you are doing and you're into, it's okay. And if you want to have slow, sensual, uh, connected sex and very romantic and eye-gazing and hugging, that's okay. If you want to have rough sex and if you're into kink and BDSM, that's okay too. If you are someone who enjoys being single and enjoy yourself with multiple partners and have multiple lovers, that's okay if you have that conversation with everyone so everyone is crystal clear on what's going on. Yeah. Or 
if you're someone who doesn't even want to have intercourse, you just prefer hugging and kissing and all the playing and teasing and everything leading up to sex, that's okay too. So stopping up and taking a step back and really ask yourself, what do I want from sex and what is sex and intimacy for me? Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I always... So, so my analogy, and it wasn't until I, I, I really connected with what you were saying, but my analogy mm. with gossip, for instance, is that people generally prefer to gossip about others rather than deal yeah. with their own issues. Exactly. Point fingers and judge because it's easier than, yeah, do our own inner work and deal with our own thoughts and emotions. Yeah, and I think that, that, that I mean, the term, I, I can't stand the term, right, but the term slut-shaming has been around and I think it's mm. really women don't stick together. They they become really nasty mm. to each other. And if some I, I get the impression, not being a woman, but I get the impression that mm. if a woman's not happy sexually in her life or she like she just pretends it doesn't happen, but she mm. jumps on the bandwagon and she's ready to slut shame others. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone is different. I think this is where Again, when you open up the conversations, then people are functioning different ways. And if you are someone who are strong in your boundaries and can feel into your body, and when you feel like yes, and you are fine with having casual sex and multiple lovers or doing different things, that's awesome. Go and do that. If you are someone who wants to wait for sex to marriage, that's also okay. Or if you are someone in between who need a connection or need emotions involved to have sex, that's okay too. And stop focusing about everyone else and just doing what feels right for you. But I think that come back again to the sex education, the way we've been brought up and stuff yeah. to, to learn, like, do I really want to have a sexual interaction with this person? Is this someone I want to swap my energy and body fluids with? Is this a full guest or am I doing this because this might be expected from me or... I should probably do this or I I might miss out or he might not want to see me again or she might not want to think something is wrong. And again, like, no one tell us, no one learn. They don't get the tools to really learn to acknowledge that the center is in our body and when it's just in our mind and in our heart or in the gut feeling, like, how often you take your time to really feel if this really feels right? Because it's like... A lot of times, I think people are doing things because they think it's expected from them and then they wake up the next day and they feel really shit because yeah. that's not what they wanted or um, that, yeah, they would have done things differently if they can turn back the time. Yeah, I, I feel that the pressure has always been on women that in order to maintain a relationship or to be with someone or like that, there's the high, there's expectations that, they have to achieve um, mm. in order, and this is and this is unfortunately has been what's been taught by their parents and their parents prior to them. I only think mm. now, probably in the last twenty years, we've seen—I don't say aggressive, sexually aggressive women, but more women taking back their their uh, their own and mm. saying, "Yeah, look, I'm 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 happy to do that." Um, but mm. I, I don't, and, and this is the biggest thing I know with men of, around my age, mm. that when a woman is sexually positive, that mm. and and they say, hey, listen, don't get excited. I'm, I'm happy to to hang out and have sex, but I don't want a relationship. Men get yeah. cut deep, like 
Why? What's up? What's wrong? And they become needy. Mm. So, yeah. so we see the reverse of uh, a woman that, that that does take you know sexual positivity into her own life. Then she mm. intimidates men, and men are like, oh no, she's too much for me. I, so it's like, how do you how do you get that balance out? And and again, communication is obviously key. Yeah, I would say communication is the key. And this is the thing with like being sex positive. It doesn't mean that you go out and sleep with everyone. Being sex positive is about uh, that non-judgmental embracing of sexual diversity and like regardless of your sexual desires you don't judge other people and you you think it's normal and natural and I think comes back to communication and even like for men if you can have the communication with your partner or your lover and say hey I'm not looking for anything serious I'm not looking for a relationship. I would love to be intimate with you. I would love to have a good time. Uh, I want to... Because you can pour love into the action. You can pour love into what you do without being in love. And if you know that you have had a conversation before, you can honor her body or his body and um, be so respectful and treat them really well without being scared of that they're going to show up outside your house the next day and want to ring on the finger. (laughs) So yeah. have the have and it's true. Like have the conversation before. What what's yeah. expected from this interaction? Um, and you can be on the same page, or you can be. You know what? I actually want more out of this. And if you just want to have sex, or if you just want to have a cuddle, that's that's not for me because I want something more, and I will get hurt if I don't get anything more. Yeah. Um, so just be crystal clear on what you want, and and even in this time where we see more and more people are into open relationship and polar relationship and if that's who you are that's that's cool that's awesome there is so many other more people into um into the same but just be open and communicate that and yeah. i think again karma what goes around comes around and if you treat people right and with respect and open other people will be open towards you as well yeah i i had a um a philosophy i adapted uh, after my marriage actually but it used to be that uh, there would be things that I would hold back and not talk about, and, mm. may, and maybe that was to do with my marriage because of, of my my ex wife and she wasn't a good communicator and, and talks about sex and sexuality. But from mm. from that point on, I changed and went. I'm going to be 100 percent open because if I can't tell this person who you know I'm in a relationship with, then, then I can't tell yeah. anyone. This person I should be able to tell yeah. everything to. Yeah. Um, and, exactly, and that raises something else that you brought up, and is, I guess, is anxiety or performance anxiety. Oh yeah, I think that's a huge topic when it comes to sex, and and what I see with the people I coach through workshops and the people I meet, performance anxiety plays such a big role in our life, and it's not just in sex drive; it's in the career or in work or relationship being a good parent is showing up everywhere and and again it's because this ink was expected from us and we are stuck in our head and trying to play out sex as it was a job or a sport or we performance sex instead of experiences and we're trying to make it perfect or but really, sex should be fun, sex should be playful, it should be natural. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to work in the way we want it. And I always say, if you're not laughing at least once during sex, you are having sex with the wrong person. Yeah. Um, and 
I think the body is not always going to work on command. It's, it's the body. And um, due to where you are in the month and your cycle and your hormones and mental blockages or stress at work or financial problems or something to go on with your kids, you might not just get wet as you normally do or the blood not race down to your cock and make you hard, even if you are aroused and everything. So allowing any situation you have to play around with it without putting any pressure and putting pressure on, like what people really want from sex or most people want from sex is closeness and connection. Yeah. Yes, everyone is focusing on everything else. We're focusing on what we look like naked, how we smell, if we're going to last long enough, if we're going to be able to come, should I face, should I not? Um, is this the right size or shape or form? It's not breast good. And we're focusing on about all these other things, getting stuck in our head. But what we really want is being close and connected. Yeah. So, and I think it's about allowing sensation, allowing pressure and trust that session where it leads you and yes for every food could allow that yeah but people and i I do the same like we all do because we're living in a society where we are so driven and we're working hard and we're training and we're looking after kids and finances and houses and there's dinners and connecting with friends so it's we're up in our head all day and then our sudden we're just going to disconnect and turn into our body within a minute and have sex and be connected so it takes time and a bit of effort and heart to make it a priority to really drop into your body and be present and connect with your partner or lover. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the pressures of and I've been in, in relationship with a situation of the pressures of a business world um, just mm. worked its way in. And I can see it in hindsight, I didn't see it at the time. But it literally mm. just worked its way into the relationship that the stresses of business became more important than the sexual connection with my partner. Yeah. And yeah. she didn't – well, actually, she did communicate it and I didn't pick up on it or I didn't give it enough focus. And mm. that was where, you know, like I, the terminology has been around forever when they talk about date night, but I'm a massive believer in just having that time set aside mm. – for, yeah. for just to reconnect. And it, and it doesn't need to be oh. the flashiest restaurant or a, a dinner show or the theatre. It, it just needs oh. sexual connection. Yeah. Um, and, and, and my thoughts are make it down and dirty. Like let's get back to okay. the animalistic side of why we like each other. Oh. And I think that that – and I know I'm proof that I, that if you overstep that, um, you can lose yeah. out and, and that's what's happened in, in a previous relationship. What do oh. you recommend and how couples who are starting to see the cracks, should they get on to you and and do they need to talk to you as soon as possible? Um, I, I always think it's good to do your own research or do what you can, like do your work first. And you don't have to work through this alone but I always always give us free resources and um, information and then they can try to do what they can and then if they still need more, I always welcome them to come to see me. Uh, I think with couples especially, coming back to the simple, the basic about a 
appreciation and gratitude and like really look at your partner and focus on the things you appreciate with them. And once you put your mindset into appreciation, you start seeing more of the things you appreciate. Um, And as well, like people always ask me, okay, should we schedule sex days? And this is one of the most common questions I get. And I do believe in quality over quantity when it comes to sex and intimacy. If you not, if you don't want to have sex, you should never have sex. But schedule time for intimacy and reconnect. I think it's really important because sex is responsive. So you're not always going to feel for it, especially not when you are running a business and family and everything, and you don't have time to actually allow yourself to be aroused or be horny. So schedule those dates and moments so you can connect, either it leads to sex or not, eventually it will hopefully lead to sex. And I think it's more like the spark is not always going to be constant, but the couple who master it is the one who can always find back to it. And there's always things you can do, like to say that having a TV in the bedroom is um, that means 50% less chance of sex. Oh, Um, really? And then... Yeah, and like taking away, <clears throat> putting away our phones. And I think the phones is a massive thing. I think it's Esther Perel says that the last thing we do in the night, we stroke our phones. And the first thing we do in the morning, we stroke our phones yeah. while staying next to someone. And all they want is to be stroked by us. Yeah. And yeah. then we wonder why we're not connected with our partner anymore. And yeah. that means like you really take some time and connect with your partner and uh, take five, ten minutes of your day and check in with them and really listen to what they had to say because sex starts outside the bedroom. And this is the thing, like, uh, statistics shows that men who help women doing chores around the house, dishes, cooking, cleaning, are more likely to get sex. And it's basically because the brain is the biggest sexual, sexual organ and sex starts in the brain. So when women and men feel that they are met and understood and they listen and they get help with everything else in the bedroom and they yeah. feel loved and seen, of course they're going to feel for more sex. Of course they're going to feel for more intimacy. Yeah. So something so easy like that has helped a lot of couples just with her actually asking the partner, how can I support you? How can I be there for you? What can I do to make you feel more like a man or a woman or for you to be more aroused? And... Uh, really starting it and taking and building a base outside the bedroom and then working yeah. the inside. I, I think, and, and I mention this mainly as a man, and my friends would never talk about this, right? But, oh. but I want women to know particularly is that um, it doesn't, like there's a lot of images that are out there that stimulate men, right? And, and we are... Men are fucking animals. It's just a simple case that we are okay. we're external organs and we can be so easily aroused externally and it doesn't take much. Mm. But I, I really well, that's a beautiful natural thing and we should admit right. that. Yeah. But it also means that they men we don't have safety measures that women have when it comes to sensibilities. Like mm. I'm forever seeing on Twitter where women put cheeky, naughty little comments and they're flirting and they're mucking around. It's attention-seeking behaviour and it's a bit of fun. And then they get bombarded by dick pics by blokes. Like there's – men don't have that break in between where they just don't know they overstep that mark. They go, yeah, she wants to see a picture of a dick. Like it's just – so 
what I want women to know is that the sexy message of just that, you know, six hours before you get home, but the oh. sexy message just starts the ball rolling in such a nice and warm way. I, I think it's oh. – and, and I don't think we're telling anyone that's successfully in sexual couples. I think they've got it. They know what they're doing. But oh. I, think, I think the statistics are there's more people that are unhappy in their lives sexually than there is happiness. And that's a horrible mm. thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all need that physical touch and we crave the intimacy and yeah. um, connection. We, we most of us need that to be able. And that when we work and our sex life work and our relationship work, it's going to affect every area of our life. We're going to be a better parent. We're going to be a happier person at work or a better leader, a better boss, we're going to be a better sport coach or our training is going to work out better. So it's, I think really take, make it a priority to make your relationship work and, and the sex and intimacy is a big part of it. If it is for you, I know there are couples out there where sex isn't important and if that's equally for the both of you, if sex isn't important, that's fine if you, as long as you both are happy. But if it's important for one person in a relationship, it is important for both of you because that's going to affect the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as well it comes back to, like, I think within two years of a marriage, one of three couples are sexless, and that's even before kids. So, And oh, the divorce yeah. rate is through the roof, right? Yeah, so I think we... A lot of couples fall out of sex, and then it's hard to fall back into it. So I think... One, if you haven't fallen out of the intimacy yet, never lose it. Never stop kissing. Never stop hugging. Never stop having sex. Because once you fall out of it, it's harder to get it back. Yeah. But yeah. if you are in a position as well where you don't have sex as often anymore or you don't have sex at all, it's about coming back to communication again. And I think a lot of people stop touching in every way because they're too scared of, upsetting the partner or be misleading, for example, say it's the the woman, I guess it's a typical stereotype, but the woman doesn't want to have sex. So the man is scared of touching her or giving her a hug or anything because he's worried that she's going to think just from him only giving her a hug that he's expecting sex or something. So she pushed him away and will not allow any kind of touch because she won't, don't want to mislead him. Yeah. Again, having that conversation and say, I miss being physical with you. I miss hugging you. I miss being intimate. I I just want to be able to touch you. I have no intention of leading to sex. I'm more than happy just to be close to you, but I would love to give you a hug or a kiss. Or, or from a woman on the other side, say, I'm I'm happy to be intimate or, um, yeah, hugging, yeah. kissing or spooning, but I, I'm not ready for sex at this stage. I want to work slowly to get back into it or... Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever is holding you back. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. And, and I, I can tell you from uh, being in a relationship to not being in a relationship is just the physical touch um, mm. is a huge, huge thing. It's that mm. just uh, – and it doesn't it doesn't always need to be sexual, but it's just that – No, no, that, no. The, the touch um, of mm. human touch, someone else on you is just yeah. – um, Yeah. And it is. Once it's – when it's gone – I, I, I honestly believe, and I don't. There's no scientific proof that I'm aware of, but I honestly believe that when you take that away, it's oh. like the loneliness gene kicks in, oh. and it's when you don't have it, and you start to go, 
yeah, I'm fucking lonely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can be in a room full of people, but I'm still yeah. fucking lonely because I just yeah. don't have that. And it's and I'm yeah. that's that's really important to me. Mm. So yeah, I think that's worse to feel lonely in a relationship than actually being alone. Yeah, and and like I talk about loneliness now, but I can tell you from the previous relationship where I didn't pay enough attention. I was living with the person who oh. I love more than life itself and yet I was making her lonely because I yeah. isolated myself away from her. It, it's it's fucking horror story now when I recap it and I, you know, when I go over it and I go, how did you let that happen, you know? Like, because I think I'm, mm. I'm pretty savvy w- with women and sexuality but I yep. just didn't see it coming until it was too late and, and, you know, I put my hand up now and go, yeah, there was heaps of things that I missed but... You know, into the next one. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. Like sex and intimacy relationship, it's 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 not skills we are born with. That's something we're learning through um, experience or mistakes or lessons or from other people who teach us, or unless we can see it from patterns from other parents or people around us. And it's we, none of us is bad at it. We just haven't been taught. or given the tools to to make it work and we can only be better with experience and allowing that and working together and I think that's come back again to communication and learning to ask for uh, what you want or what you need or what's missing and um, with our pointing fingers I think always when we communicate or point fingers inwards like I feel or I experience or I need or when oh, I will feel more aroused if you did this. So I will feel more yes. loved or more understood yeah. the thing. Um, and t- talking from a positive space, and um, but, yeah, we, we're not conditioned at all to ask for what we want in life, especially as women. Yeah, I think, again, and it's a... It's an education thing that's passed down through generations. If, if oh. you had parents that didn't... Um, discuss that or didn't or you know like the, I, I go back to the 50s and I know this is this is a long shot but there was an education process that took place in the 1950s I think more so not in Australia but in America where um, there was a program they were talking about don't touch yourself that's dirty and oh yeah you know that mentality while people go okay well that was in the 50s what happens is that that mentality trickles down because the next generation learns from the previous and so on and so on. So then you've got to, when we talk about that, you've got to re-educate yourself to go, mm. it's not dirty and no. it's very much, and particularly, and mm. and, and this brings in a, a, something that we're going to raise, which is about masturbation. Mm. For, yeah. I, and I always say this to, about, about, to women that, that I've been with or talked to about sex and stuff is that if you don't know your own body, um, it's very hard to then show a man who doesn't have a clue or a man that's doing (laughs) something wrong to then make it better and it it can actually become an ugly situation. 100%. And this is why masturbation is so important. Like, And even if you are in a relationship or if you are by yourself, as you said, like, if you don't know your own body, how would you be able to communicate to someone else how they're going to know your body? Yeah. And we are almost 8 billion people on this planet and everyone is different and everyone's yeah. body is working different and mine. And 
the say the clitoris, for example, most women come easiest from clitoris stimulation. The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. Everyone is different. And sure, there is a few magic tricks probably that work for um, many women, but in the end of the day, like you're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to know what works for you. And at the same time, what worked yesterday might not work today. You just might not even work tomorrow. Some days you want it slow and some days you like it rough or harder or more intense or some days it's just too sensitive and you don't want it to be touched at all. And the same, being able to communicate what you want or how you like it, but that's, it's, I find people find it really hard and I think again it comes with, we're not allowed to express what we want and we condition it to as you're talking about how we grow up like we enjoy pleasure in yeah. silence yeah. quickly and then and this comes back to the work i do with going back to people um who experience premature ejaculation they they come early or they can't come at all now, are they really giving themselves permission to allow themselves pleasure and have they programmed their own body for 20 30 40 50 years yeah to and masturbate to come as quickly as they can and then they have been programming that for so many years and then they're gonna think they're gonna last for ten minutes doing sex if they normally do it for ten, fifteen half a minute. Yeah. Second. Yeah. So I think really going back and reprogramming and that's why with the work I do as well, like it's um, mental and the force and the negative and the negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs and everything you the little monkey mind in your head is telling you and um i can understand that couples do struggle with communicating i think it's more like how do you how do you tell someone in a positive way without hurting their feelings yeah. what i do right now is nice or doesn't feel quite right and i think like Normally, I say always start a conversation about sex outside the bedroom and not while someone is doing something inside the bedroom. Because yeah. if you start in the conversation, you tell someone outside, you're not complaining or saying something negative about what they actually are doing right now. Yeah. But even in the bedroom, if they, if your partner is doing something and you you don't quite like it or it doesn't feel good at all um a good way to say i would recommend is like i'll i love what you're doing right now um or i love how much you try to please me what would you do a little bit harder or or that feels really nice can you go a little bit slower or that's mm-hmm. that's perfect right that's perfect right there but can you swap it to this and that so trying to use a positive language and yeah. Um, and say something positive about what they're doing and yeah, change it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I, um, in my experience, the best way, and, and I'm, I'm not going to go through blow by blow sort of thing, but it's, mm. um, there's, I always, so, so how, how I find compatible dates sexually is, mm. you know, expect to have, very mediocre and ordinary sex the first two times and the third time it starts to get better. And and okay, what, yeah. what what why I say that is is because if you meet someone that has performance anxiety just like you might or that it didn't it wouldn't matter what you do to them or how you touch them, 
if their brain's uh, saying, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, 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 and I really want to be comfortable, uh, but I can't, you, you're not going to break through that barrier. So you, it's like you have to, I, this is just my assumption, you have to give women uh, that permission to then want to share that with you and to say, you know what, it's cool. Hey, you, you tell me what, what you like. Or the minute that a woman accepts that permission, uh, everything changes. Because it's yeah, like, 100%. yeah, and and they shouldn't have to, but because they're anxious or they're worried about what they look like, or did mm. I, you know, like, you know, I've shaved or I've been a bit sweaty or whatever it is, like just mm. because what happens is once we get to a place where we're comfortable, all of that just disappears. Yeah, yeah, that's what every woman say or every person I talk to, especially women, is like. The best sex they had, it was not necessarily the lover who was most best technical or had the best movement in the body. It was when they felt comfortable yeah. being exactly who they are and being naked in their own body. Yeah. And I think like sexual pleasure is not about how you look, it's about how you feel in the inside of your body and your thoughts and emotions and to experience that ultimate sexual pleasure you need to feel comfortable you need to feel perfect as you are and in each and every moment and accepting your body and share that experience with with your lover or partner yeah um yeah and i, I think as well like one most people like once you are naked your partner is just really grateful that you are naked in front of them anyway oh, really <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> So, yeah, no, I think it's, um, it's, yeah, being with someone. But at the same time, though, like, I think people underappreciate everything leading up to sex and, like, really take your time and building that really deep connection and chemistry and the teasing and the playfulness and, like, driving each other crazy. Like, there is really no need to get into full intercourse straight away. Like, rather build something up and build that trust and connection and enjoy every step of getting to know someone and their body and their mind before you go all in and yeah 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 and i think i think that that's a natural development with maturity and then you've got like like how men's and women's bodies mature differently i think some people get it really early on and uh, and other people get it later on and go oh yeah we don't have to get down to that right now, there's there's so much mm. more, um, mm. and I think too for men and women, men particularly, I I know that like I had an issue with uh, an ex partner just say, hey, I just need a fix, I just need a quickie, and I'm like, really? Don't you want the whole show? And she's like, I like the show, mm. the show's great. Don't need the show now. Need the end part. Mm. I need a quickie. I've got to go to work, and that's what I need. Yeah. And I used yeah. to. When, and and this was yeah, fifteen years ago, and I'd be like, really? And and then I realised it's it's on mm. a that it's just on a basis of you need what you need, and there's so many different varieties, and I I guess that's mm. the, the greatest part about it. Mm. And I think that's okay as well. Like it's okay to have a quickie, you know. What I mean, it's not always going to have time to to full on two hour session with like an hour of foreplay and. Um, in the course and love and aftercare and cuddles yeah, and yeah. but but again communicate that say that you know what I'm gonna have to rush to work in ten minutes if we're gonna get into this you know I'm gonna leave in ten minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. then the other person has and like if it's the the woman or the man who 
really appreciate the aftercare and the cattles and the intimacy afterwards, they have an option to, you know what, I go for the quickie, I know you're going to leave and that's okay, or you know what, I don't actually want to have sex because I would feel abandoned or I would feel yeah. left yeah. alone afterwards. And then I'd rather wait for tonight. So, again, have the conversation, make it crystal clear, um, or have the quickie, but don't finish it off. Like, have the quickie in the morning or when there is lunchtime or wherever, and you have to know it a little bit and keep the sexual energy, like, flowing in your body, and then you're finishing it off at night or the next day or whenever. Keep like, wanting more. Not... Yeah, exactly. I think we're, like, we're so focused on the orgasm, and, and this is a huge thing with the work I do, to move away from goal orientated sex to yeah. experience sex and enjoy everything else like the orgasm is only like five percent of the experience right mm. it's everything mm. else and yet we we're so focused on the orgasm we're shaking something and basically you have to boost our own ego or to make ourselves feel good or or to make our partner feel good and a lot of people are faking it or feel stressed and excited about that they can't experience orgasm every time or men who doesn't orgasm every time and then the women feel that it's because she's not pretty enough or she's not good enough and he's not turned on enough by her. And yeah. again, like there is there's so much chasing and once we move away from chasing goals and everything we can measure and just enjoying it for what it is, because that's the thing, like, Sex and intimacy and love, it's about everything you can't measure. Yeah. You, you can't measure love. You can't measure how much you are desired by someone. You can't measure connection or um, intimacy. It's just, it's just allowing it for it is and, and work on enjoying each and every moment. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it is. It's a, it's a feeling that, um, that you just, when it's good and, and it's on song and, it just makes the world a happier place to be in. Like it's, mm. you know, I I um dabbled oh, over ten years ago now, but I dabbled in, in a bit of tantric sex, and mm. that's a retraining of your brain in so many ways. And it takes mm. it takes the the orgasm out of the equation in so many ways and heightens yeah, heightens absolutely. the whole thing. Mm. But um, and I think that that those situations or, or the conversation as you talk about communication, if we don't have that, we'll never get to that. And, and that's where, yeah. the, where the likes of what you're doing comes into play. And, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, strike up a conversation, open a dialogue with you. And, mm. and I guess that yeah. you're there um, to ease people guess, into that. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you think about it, like we're starting dating someone or we're with someone and, you wouldn't book a table at the restaurant unless you know if they have any dietary requirements or if you check before they if they are vegan before you take them to the steakhouse, right? Yeah. And the same with sex, like why can't we have the conversation so easily as we do with food or what people enjoy you doing or what's the boundaries or what's something they they don't want you to do? And the same with your partner you've been with for your whole ten, fifteen years, like you you have them in the conversation, you consider, you ask them, what do you feel for, for dinner? Do you feel for Asian or um, do you feel for steak or pasta Italian? And yeah. you don't get offended when they say, no, I don't feel for Italian tonight. Okay, you have the Asian. The same with sex. Do you feel for X, Y, Z? 
not, I don't feel for that tonight. And it's nothing to do with you. It's because that person just doesn't feel yeah. for it. Yeah. And I think it's, we, we tend to take things so personally, especially with sex, because this conversation it doesn't flow as easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, mm. it's... Um, it's I, I've been, I think that I'm a good communicator and I've been in relationships oh. where I didn't have a good receptor but then as it's moved on I've found that I haven't been the good communicator. So it's oh. it, it is, it, it's a lot of work, isn't it? You really need to pay attention to it. Mm. Oh, yeah, and it's a daily practice and it, it is hard. It's hard to be vulnerable and it's, it's hard to express yourself. Like it's not easy but the more you practice it and the better you become and the better the dynamic and the bond within the relationship will be as well. So yeah. it's just daily practice and uh, allowing and being in a dynamic where you can feel like you can express yourself without being judged. So on that, and, and I just want to, I'll, I'll probably wrap, wrap this up with that. Mm. Um, we, we have in sporting teams, we have coaches, we, you know, if we're going to go on training and we have goals that we want to lose weight or we want to get mm. firm, we have fitness trainers yeah is, is exactly soul intimacy is the same really isn't it where you're providing uh some training and some insight into helping people get to the best place yeah. they want to be yeah basically what i do like i i empower a couple of individuals to experience the ultimate sexual pleasure and well-being because everyone deserves to be met understood and um in the bedroom and I think, as you said, like you, we have coaches for everything else, business and sport and training. So, but with relationship and sex, we should just figure it out ourselves. We should just know, unless we take turn to porn, which is terrible as education. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I do is my a lot of time it's about giving permission, right? Allowing you to be you and how to experience, explore your true sexual self and what your needs are and how to to get you there because I believe sexual pressure is your birthright yep. and everyone deserves to be free from negative emotion and shame and guilt and stigma around sex. Like it's, it's a source of life. It's the most natural thing and the reason every single one of us is walking on this planet is because yep. our parents yep. made love one day. Yep. It's And there's it's, it's nothing na- more natural yet we have been conditioned in the past to have a lot of negative and blockages around sex. So helping yeah. you to guide you through um, what is bothering you and how we can remove and how we can move forward. I definitely believe um, contacting a coach and, and work with them would be a good way if you are not fully satisfied in the bedroom, either in a relationship or if you have a concern that's bothering you so much that you don't even go out and date women or men or you don't even want to get into any kind of intimacy interaction because there's something that you are really worried about. And, and it's about, again, what I do in my job is like I'm closing the gap between the little sex education you get in school and what's actually happening in real life. Yes. And yeah. keeping the information and education very client-focused about what you need to know and there's videos and resources and um, after each and every coaching session as well. I give you a home assignment, something fun or playful and something you can do and work on between the sessions to keep you um, committed to our work and move you forward to what your goals as soon as possible. 
Yeah, and I think well. too one of the, the 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 big things that solo intimacy can can help with people is not just to um, maintain a relationship, but maybe reconnect. And, reconnect, yeah, and 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 put that fire back into it. I think that it's yeah, hundred percent. It's not limited, and and if people are, you know, husbands or wives that are listening to this, or boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it is, if they want to mm. revitalize, you're the person mm. they should be talking to. Yeah, because even yeah. Look, some of the greatest sports people in the world all have coaches. Mm. Absolutely. You know, you can say that. Yeah, we all need it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's always good. Like I noticed, say, you know, I'm I'm a crazy football fan, mm. and um, I've seen some of the football teams around the world buy the greatest players in the world, but they just can't put it together until mm. they buy the best manager in the world, mm. and everything changes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and this is the same situation. So rather than, you know, look, you can Google, you can do your research, you can do that fine, but if you want mm. want to have that. Yeah. A little bit of, of push into... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's not like even the coaches had coaches or, or mentors or people who guide yeah. us or lead us. And, and it's about having someone as well who keeps you accountable. Like it's easy to go online and read about that you're going to, I guess, for three minutes, you're going to do X, Y, first. But having a coach that's actually going to push you to do it and make sure you have done it before you show up the next time, it's, it's just nice to don't have to take responsibility as well sometimes and come up with your own ideas and stuff. But when you have a coach who makes sure that you do what you're supposed to do and keep you accountable, you are going to move forward to what your goals do. Yeah, and this exactly. is the same if it's your personal training in the gym or if it's a relationship coach or someone that's going to help you get into the dating world or get you com- comfortable and co- give you confidence to be able to get out and get into intimate relationship again. Yeah, yeah. So... For people that want to contact you and want to have a discussion, where will they find you? Uh, so my website is soulintimacy.com.au. Yep. And, uh, and what's the email address <laughs> I can get you on? Uh, Alexandra at soulintimacy.com.au. Now, if they go onto your website, you, the links for all your uh, information and your email address yep. are there? My email address will be there, and if you go to my website, you can read more about what sexology is, how the coaching system works, how the... So my, all my coaching is entirely talk-based. There is no physical touch. Everyone close based on um, it's a verbal coaching. Um, you might get home assignments to go and do things and try and practice. Uh, we just started with your partner, but all my coaching is... Uh, talk based, but you can read more about coaching, and you can read the, mo- the difference between coaching and therapy, and um, any other questions. You can read more about me and the services, and you can read my testimonials. And um, I even do workshops as well. I'm speaking about a few workshops and co-hosting. And um, if you want me to come and talk, I'm more than happy to come and talk about. Yeah, I have a few dis- different topics and stuff too. So. Yeah, all information is on my website and they can even find me on, on Instagram on Soul Intimacy there as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'm gonna, I will put in the show notes, I'll put all the, the links that you're on. I discovered you via Instagram and there's more to your story to tell, but that's for another time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as to – because there's, there's a lot and, and, I'm, and I'm not blowing – um, your trumpet here, but you need to. Other people need to know that there's more 
there's an adventurer, there's, um, yeah, a crazy person. Have you ever heard about, about Mont Blanc? This woman is yeah. the one that's been the Mont Blanc. So um, there, there's there's a whole list of things. But the, the reason that I, I contacted you and wanted to get because I, I find that your positivity and your drive in what you do is amazing, is a really good story to tell and that the business that and the website, if you look at the website for solimacy.com.au, it is professional, it looks fantastic. It's Thank very you. much like Alexandra. It's it's honest and open and hopefully you'll get some use of it and, and, and then take that step and, and have a chat to her and ask her the question. You know, oh. that's that's the, the easiest way to do it. Um and I and I yeah, as I said, I commend you. I think it's fabulous. I um I'd love to get you back on the on the podcast uh, in the future, and hopefully, will this will encourage people either to to send me an email or to send you an email, mm. and, yeah, absolutely, uh, and get things started yeah, some, in the conversation. Yeah, so I'm sure any questions or any other topics they want us to dig deeper in because there is such a broad field um, about sexuality and all the juiciness and everything. Yeah, yeah, and it is and one one of the things that I've noticed in our conversation, which I really want to highlight, is the word fun, and it is about mm. it is about enjoyment, and it is about fun. It, yeah, but that's what life is about. In the end of the day, like we all are on this planet, it, life should be fun, and we're making it so serious, and we're creating problems and stories, and we're worrying about things, and in mm. the end of the day, we we never know when that bus gonna hit us. So. We have to be fun. We have to be the crazy and playful, and just enjoy it. You know what I mean? You, yeah, life should be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap yeah. it up there. I thank you once again. Thank and you so much for having me. No, no, no. It's a pleasure, and um, I'll refer to you own now as uh, Gorilla Radio's own sexual intimacy coach. But um, oh, thank you. I, yeah, as I said, I, I hope to have you back on. And um, yeah, and, and, again, I'll put all your details up in the podcast. Uh, if you've got any concerns, this is a really good way to, to understand your partner or understand yourself. You know, there's a lot of self-development mm. as well. And yeah. um, Alexandra can help you do that. So thanks again. Beautiful. Thank you. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. So that was Alexandra from Soul Intimacy. Um, again, we've been talking about having this chat for some time and we finally got around to it. Believe it or not, she was actually a bit nervous and I find it hard to believe because she knows her stuff and she's um, doing a great job kicking off uh, a new business uh, venture. So check her out. You can find her on um, on the web on at www.soulintimacy.com.au and also on Instagram, Soul Intimacy. She's only too happy to uh, field questions and to get her new business started. So again, I thank her because it's it can be quite daunting to get uh, people A to agree to be on the podcast, but then to you know talk about their business and talk about what they do and I think she was fabulous. So anyway, that pretty much comes to the end of this podcast, which has been interesting and great, and I hope that, that plenty of people are listening. 
Um, I'm going to end it with a little bit of a favourite of mine, actually, and, and it's quite ironic because I'm going to set this up for the next following podcast. So there's a clue, and it's not necessarily a new track. It's an old track, but there's a clue as to what the next podcast is about. So the next podcast is the theme of love. Jumping on the back of soul intimacy and talking about sexual intimacy and relationships. I'm going to talk about love and and, um, that's just the theme. It's a blanket theme and it could be a whole range of things. But um, anyway, I'm going to play this. I'm going to set it up so it sounds like a love song dedications. But um, I really want you to uh, have a think and see why and you'll know next you'll find out next week as to why this is relevant
Okay, so that's an oldie. And again, I never know if anyone's actually listened to this part. So I'm going to finish it with a joke, um, which is quite relevant, I guess, to uh, Gorilla Radio. But anyway, um, don't forget you can find me on Gorilla Radio Australia on Instagram, Gorilla Radio Australia on Facebook, on Twitter, Gorilla underscore KMAC. And at um, all good institutions. And, and obviously you'll find all your um, good podca- uh, podcast catches as well, you'll find me. Anyway, so in the jungle, there's the king of the lion. Of the lion. <laughs> so that's not even – I should start again, but I won't. The king of the jungle obviously is the lion and the lion's prancing around inside the jungle and a gorilla sees him from afar. And the gorilla decides that – I really want a piece of that line. So the line is doing some stretches and he's bending over and stretching out and the gorilla comes flying out from behind the tree and sexually assaults. Now that sounds terrible saying that way but I can't think. He fucks the line pretty much is what it is. And the line starts screaming and the gorilla's too strong for him. He's hanging on and he's doing his business. And sure enough, it's off. It's all done, dusted. 30 seconds later, the gorilla's out of there. And the lion's horrified. And the lion's disgusted because the lion, obviously being king of the jungle, it's got pride. So the gorilla's off and he's running through the jungle and he comes around past the campsite. And the lion's after this gorilla going, I'm going to kill this bastard. So the gorilla runs into a tent. No, no one's in there, it's occupied. He um, grabs a funny hat, finds a hat there and puts a hat on. Jumps in the chair and picks up the Times, New York Times newspaper, and starts reading it. And the lion comes hunting through and sort of smells and well, something's up here, something's not good. I've got to make sure, you know, I'll, get, I'll kill this gorilla because I can't have it being out there, you know. I'm, I'm the king of the jungle for fuck's sake. Anyway, he comes across the tent, opens up the tent and there's the gorilla in disguise reading the newspaper. And the lion says to the gorilla... Have you seen a, a gorilla come through here at all? And the gorilla says, what, like the one that just fucked you in the ass?" And the lion, <laughs> lion turns and goes, what, it's in the papers already? That's not my gag, but I do like it. <laughs> okay, see you next week.